This is an ABC podcast. For most of your life, you've probably been told that you date until you find the one. You become a couple and that person is your everything. You get married, maybe you have kids, and if one person strays or desires someone else, it's cheating. A destructive act few couples can come back from. If you love more than one person at a time, or are even just hot for more than one, you have to choose. But what if it didn't have to be that way? I'm Nat Tenchich, and that bold new world is ethical non-monogamy. You might have seen it pop up more and more on the apps, but what does it really mean for you? And should you take a chance and swipe right? On this episode, you'll hear the answer to those questions, as well as how to convert a previously monogamous relationship into an open one, and what to do if you realise it actually isn't for you. E&M, open relationships, looking for a third, thruples, polyamorous, polycules, it's all popping up more and more. And research shows more people are searching for monogamy alternatives online. Heck, even Willow Smith came out as polyamorous earlier this year. It's 2021, and after years of people spreading the word about options outside of monogamy, it's catching on. Ethical non-monogamy and consensual non-monogamy are both kind of being used interchangeably at this point, but I think that there's actually more of a leaning towards consensual non-monogamy because everybody's ethics are different. This is Jenna Trossel, a relationship therapist that specialises in non-conformist relationships, in particular non-monogamous ones. It's pretty obvious that consensual non-monogamy, it just means that you want to not cheat, uh, you, you want things to be above board, it's about having relationships with the potential for multiple partners and multiple loves without it being um, something that you have to hide or lie about. Sounds pretty good, right? Almost too simple, hey? How do you stop cheating? Just make cheating not a thing. This reassessment of relationship structures is refreshing for a lot of people, which is why it's becoming more popular, or at least more people are open to trying it. These days people want to try different things and I guess with cheating um, you know that's happened for as long as relationships have happened and now that more people know that it's possible to have an alternative to that and feel good about exploring with more than one person that that's where people want to go. So what can this glorious alternative look like? Ethical or consensual non-monogamy is really just an umbrella term. Jenna says the way you do it comes in so, so many forms. There are so many options and there's always uh, new phrases coming out and, and kind of new vocabulary. And so, you know, some of the things that I say might even kind of be outdated because somebody might call in and be like, well, this thing means this now. Um, but generally, uh, hierarchical polyamory is the idea that somebody tends to have a primary partner, which is somebody that they uh, are making a life with. Um, that person might be a nesting partner, somebody that they live with, um, or you know, they, they might plan on getting married, um, or they might already be married. Uh, and so hierarchical polyamory, if that, if that relationship opens up, um, other people that those people start dating are considered secondaries. Um, so they would be kind of beneath uh, the primary relationship in the kind of relationship escalator. Um, whereas relationship anarchists, think of relationships, like all relationships, kind of as a buffet. Um, and so 
they don't necessarily think of romantic relationships as more important than friendship relationships. Um, they'll look at you know a person and be like, okay, do I want cuddling with this person? Do I want a sexual relationship with this person? Um, you know, how much time do we want to spend together? And they take it on a really individual basis and just decide which plates of activities they want to grab from in any relationship that they are developing with a person. Um, whereas uh, an open relationship tends to be more of a casual, you know, you can date other people, enjoy it, but maybe not fall in love with them. Um, and there's kitchen table polyamory where people say, oh, okay, like, I just want everybody who I'm dating to know each other and get along and kind of all be, quote unquote, at the kitchen table when when uh, we're all hanging out. And, and uh, you know, I want my entire D&D game to be everybody who I'm sleeping <laughs> <laughs> wow okay so that's a lot of options it might feel a little overwhelming and some people really do struggle with it the australia talk survey conducted by the abc this year found that most people were still very closed off to the idea of being with multiple people at once jenna says despite the rising popularity of ethical non-monogamy it's a lifestyle that still comes with stigma I think that there's a an idea that um, for, for whatever reason, and it blows my mind because the data and um, actual research shows that it's completely wrong, but I think that there's some idea that for some reason ethically non-monogamous people are like more, have, have more loose morals because of, I guess, the association with cheating um, that, that a lot of people, that a lot of monogamous people have. Um, and so I'm going to assume that like people that have never been in an open relationship before don't realize how much communication is necessary to be in an untraditional relationship. Um, like people say that dating polyamorously is like dating on hard mode. So let's go back to the apps. If you're seeing A&M come up on a popular matches profile, if you're seeing E&M come up on a potential matches profile, should you give it a go or run for the hills? Hookup listener Sarah had never tried non-monogamy before meeting her current partner, who had another partner at the time she matched with him. But she took a chance and found herself falling in love with the freedom of the new relationship structure and learning a lot along the way. I broke things off with a um, friends with benefits situation of about two years in the second lockdown in Melbourne last year. Um, and by the end of the lockdown, I was kind of ready to re-enter the dating world, but kind of not looking for anything serious. I came across the profile of my now partner who was currently in an ENM relationship with his last partner. And to me, I was like, great. Like there's not going to be any um, miscommunications about boundaries or anything because this can't become anything more. He's already in a relationship with someone else. You know, like the sky's <laughs> the limit. I can just have some fun. So I got in touch with him and we got along really well. We really hit it off and met up and it was just like a really nice connection. Um, fast forward a little bit longer, he uh, broke things off with his last partner for completely unrelated reasons. But after he broke that original relationship off and took some time, we recognised that there was actually a bit more there. So when we started dating, obviously dating someone who was previously ethically non-monogamous, it was kind of a package deal that I was going to have to sort of get on board and explore myself and my understandings of traditional uh, relationship roles. 
uh, and get get to know that area a little bit more. What have you kind of learned about taking on that that change and that learning? Like what were your feelings about relationships and monogamy before this this relationship and how have they changed? I am a huge commitment phobe. So I actually haven't been in a uh, labelled relationship for about nine years, uh, which takes me back to kind of high school days. So that sort of puppy love rather than an adult relationship. So this was kind of really interesting to traverse because I was sort of dealing with this like, oh, like we're getting more serious, but also I've only ever been in monogamous relationships and I had to unpack a lot of feeling self-conscious about the fact that he did view others in that way. Um, He also had partners that he'd seen for a really, really long time. So I was coming into a relationship where my partner already had partners with existing relationships. And, you know, it's easy to feel a little bit self-conscious that you're the newbie. But I think I really learned that what matters is that they're constantly choosing you. I think understanding why we have sex and the fact that we have different types of sex with different people, and that's okay. Just because someone else gives him something different doesn't mean that I give him less. Uh, Really helped me to feel a bit more confident about it. And just reminding myself always that there are other people in the mix, but he always chooses me to be his actual partner and to be, you know, in a relationship with. Yeah, but how would you feel if he were to establish more relation, like, because what do you see as like the line here between what's a relationship relationship and other people he's just seeing? Do you, do you guys feel like you're in an open relationship or? Um, I mean, we've had a lot of really long <laughs> conversations about what we think is appropriate and what we want to know about our relationships with other people, because obviously they're not the same level where it's, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner that you're, you know, living life with, but it is a form of a relationship that we have mm. with other people. But I think it was really about when you go into a monogamous relationship, there's very set rules. People know what constitutes cheating. People kind of understand the expectations of them entering that. And so it's kind of about flipping a relationship on its head. Most of the time you kind of go in, enjoy it, then you hit a rough patch and you have to have some deep conversations. But non-monogamy was the opposite. We kind of went into things, had to work out, you know, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about that? Hey, this thing's popped up that we've never discussed before. Have I crossed a boundary? Do you think you're okay with that? And it's a constantly evolving communication. At the end of the day, and I've said this to my partner numerous times, if he found someone that gave him more or that he was so drawn to that he wanted to explore a relationship with that person over his relationship with me, I would have to support it because I believe in what we have. And I think if you find something better, I'd never want to stand in the way of that. Like it's an exploration of yourself. It's an exploration of love it's an exploration of sexuality all those sorts of things and I only ever want everyone to grow so one thing I do want to know is are you still seeing other people I mean that's a very interesting question living in metropolitan Melbourne (laughs) at Mm. the moment (laughs) I spent most of lockdown six in a bit of a pen pal relationship with someone else in an ethically non-monogamous relationship Um, And we're actually just about to meet up, even though it's been three months of, you know, hardcore sexting and uh, flirting over text messages. At the end of the day, like what does being ethically non-monogamous mean to you? And is it something that you think you're going to continue practicing into the long term? 
I think that's um, a really tough question, but I also think my partner and I constantly check in with each other about whether it's something that we are still comfortable with. He's of a mindset that he's possibly not going to be able to commit monogamously and that's fine with me at this point and we would communicate if that changed. I think to me ethically being ethically non-monogamous has meant exploring more sides of myself and knowing that I have a safety net and a supportive person to come back to that understands and it's also meant not denying myself things. I've always seen traditional relationships and monogamous relationships as quite sort of suffocating and a little bit of settling like I'm not, you know, necessarily asking for one partner to provide everything. And I think that's really hard to find. And once I realized I don't have to find that, I actually started enjoying dating more and I enjoyed sex more and I enjoyed just, you know, thinking about my future more. It really can open you up to a whole new world of possibilities. But Jenna says it's worth remembering that going E&M is doing relationships on hard mode. And you're going to need to level up your communication skills to manage that. The thing is, if you have problems in one relationship, they're probably going to come up in another one. Um, You know, throwing an extra person into the mix is never a way to simplify things. And I think sometimes people have this idea that, oh, okay, our relationship is struggling. We'll just find a third person to complete us. And that person will, you know, help us communicate and stuff. And that's just doesn't tend to be the way things actually play out. Um, And so when you're going into a a new relationship and adding another person, um, that's a it's a really big recipe for disaster if you're trying to fix something that's already there. Um, And so, you know, polyamorous people tend to to really want to talk through things and figure out, you know, what are your safer sex practices? How often are you going to want to see me? Um, You know, just asking a lot of questions before jumping into a relationship that maybe monogamous people aren't used to asking and, and they're not used to having those conversations. It's certainly not for everyone. So how do you work out if it really is for you? Is it something you just do or is it something you're naturally suited to? like kind of a sexual orientation. Jenna says this one's a raging debate in the E&M community. I mean, I think for a lot of people, um, what I'm hearing is that this feels like something that they've known about themselves throughout their lives. Like it, it's, a, it's um, a, a lifestyle that as soon as they realize that they could do that and, and they, they could fall in love with multiple people and not have to feel guilty, they went, ah, this is for me. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, some people consider it just a, a relationship choice, but some people consider it like a fundamental part of who they are. Well, that's what's kind of interesting too, is it's like you you do non-monogamy, but you can also be non-monogamous and take a lot of that in on yourself. On the text line, someone here says, I've recently discovered that I am polyamorous. My previous partner suggested it and it just worked. Communication yeah. and trust is the key and love is love. But is is non being you know is non monogamy like a like a sexual orientation like you are or you aren't? There's really a lot of debate about that, and I'm hoping that researchers will um, look into it more. And I think the answer is probably both. That for some people, you know, their politics consider it as a relationship choice, but for some people, it feels really innate to who they are. You know, there's there's people who consider themselves polyamorous regardless of whether they're attracted to anybody at the time. Um, 
but they just believe that it's possible for them to love more than one person and that they have loved more than one person and they want to be open about that regardless of who they meet. And so, and, and there's actually polyamorous people in, in uh, consensual monogamous relationships that have just decided, you know, I want to be really conscious about my monogamy. I love more than one person, but I want to focus all this energy on one person right now. So what do you do if you're already in a relationship? What if you feel like this is something you want for yourself and you want to go open, but your partner feels differently? Hookup listener Jess wants to start having sex with people other than her partner, but he's struggling with the idea. For me, I'm in a long-term relationship and for personally it would be about um, being able to have sex with other people outside of my relationship but in a very non-romantic way. I'm not really interested in having multiple romantic relationships. It would just be more the hard and fast and fun stuff that I would like to still be able to participate in. This is a relationship I can see myself committing to long term but so so this is one of the aspects I really need to weigh up in how it fits in and whether it to me whether it's like a lifestyle choice or whether it's how I actually identify in my sexuality as well. So that's an ongoing kind of thing that I'm trying to work out. I've brought it up quite often, but under different sort of guises about what, like we might be joking around or talking about sex or like things we want to experience or things we fantasise about. And and so I've I've tried to put in a lot of I suppose hints, but I think I've been quite direct about it. And he's picked that up. He's definitely gone, oh, I think I, I think you want to have other sexual partners. And I'm like, yeah. And he's always just put it down as a very hard no on his end, like from his perspective of what he wants in a relationship. So that's how those conversations have sort of gone. They've never been really negative, but I suppose I, I believe he knows the page that I'm on. And, and I know the page that he's on, so that's a good thing. We committed to about six months ago to moving in with each other. And so I'm, I, I am committed to the relationship and I'm trying to figure out how, how far I am into whether this is a deal breaker. And there's a few other things on the table, I think, when you, you start thinking about, you know, whether you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life. It, you, these things should be at what you're thinking about and I personally am probably leaning more towards the idea that it is ethical non-monogamy monogamy is probably more of a lifestyle choice for me as opposed to a part of my sexual identity so I think while it would be great and nice and I would really appreciate it and really enjoy it um, it m- probably will not become a part of the relationship I'm currently in. Entering a non-monogamous situation as a second, a third or whatever partner is one thing. But changing the rules on a relationship that had been monogamous already is way harder. Jenna says you can start by understanding why you want it for yourself. I think, you know, bringing up how do you feel about polyamory is is a really good start. Um, and just knowing in yourself what appeals to you about it and what you feel is really necessary to you. Um, you know, whether it is a deal breaker if this person can't accept um, you you seeing other people or, or, or being with other people, uh, whether you feel like it's important for you that your partner be monogamous or not, um, all of those things, it, it's all about, you know, 
communicate, communicate, communicate. And as a relationship therapist, you know, uh, finding a, a good therapist who can help you talk about those things is often really important and really helpful to those relationships. But obviously, you know, not everybody can afford relationship therapy or uh, has time for relationship therapy. Uh, so, you know, if you can't do that, definitely just having those conversations until you can work it out, like leaning into the hard conversations is really important. And one of those conversations you have to have is about how your version of non-monogamy is going to work. As you heard, there are any number of styles and you want to make sure everyone knows what's okay so that no one gets hurt. But Jenna says you're likely to fail if you make hard and fast rules. I think it brings me to a really important uh, thing about the difference between boundaries, rules and agreements, um, because often people treat their boundaries like rules and a boundary is something that you don't want for yourself. Um, so a, a boundary might be, you know, like I'm uncomfortable with seeing a partner have sex with another person. Um, and so you might make a rule. You can't have sex with anybody else around me, um, which works until you're at a sex party and all of a sudden this person is falling in love with somebody else or you know their other partner shows up and they've forgotten this rule and they break it and, and hurt feelings happen um, and the problem with rules is that they can so easily be broken um, but agreements are talk uh, are when two people bring their boundaries to the table and talk about how they will respond with each other to those hurt feelings. It's a risk because it's impossible to know if your relationship is going to take well to the change. And it's impossible to know what's going to come up too. You can't stop love from entering a situation where you agreed it was just going to be about sex. You also can't stop jealousy or pain from coming up. But what you can change is your attitude to those things. Jenna says you can fortify your original relationship by working on your attachment which you can learn more about in your hookup podcast feed. I think it's really important to work on attachment and being securely attached before you open up a relationship. Um, because knowing that you have a stable base and kind of a, a space that you can return to that feels comfortable and safe kind of allows you to take those risks and have those hard conversations because um, there are sometimes game changers that come up you know that people that are thrown into the mix that change everything that you've thought about a relationship before although also there's new relationship energy that often promises that somebody is a game changer but they're actually just a, another wonderful human but not necessarily somebody that you want to completely upend your life for but you're just swept up in that new relationship energy that nre that everything else feels uh minimized in comparison um, and so I, I often tell people, you know, don't make those choices in the middle of NRE. <laughs> NRE, by the way, is new relationship energy. We all get it, that fuzzy, lovey, limerence feeling. But non-monogamous people have to deal with it and the dumb stuff it does to your ability to make decisions in a different way. Because you do have the option to act on it and deal with all of the fallout that comes with it. I ended a seven-year relationship over it. I had been in an open situation with my ex and while we were long distance with her working overseas, we were open, sleeping with whoever we wanted. But love wasn't on the table. And to my current partner, who I fell head over heels for after sleeping with one time, I didn't expect it. I had plans. My ex and I were going to move into a little house and get chickens and restart our life and love. But damn if I didn't love this guy too. So when she came home, 
ready to resume this life, I said I wanted to change the agreement. I wanted to have relationships with them both. But she said she was naturally monogamous and that she didn't want to share. So I ended things with her for so, so many reasons, but that was the catalyst. So be warned, take it from me. You can't control your partner catching feelings and you might have to be okay with it. If you're not, Jenna says things just sometimes have to come to an end. I guess with every relationship, it's just, it becomes a point where you don't want to work on it anymore. I like, you know, some sometimes when I see relationships, both parties aren't committed to keeping, to, to working towards safety together. And I don't always know where to go from that because if, if you're not committed to creating a space for this person that you love or hope, well, hopefully you still love, I don't really know how to help you from there. You know, like it, it's, it that'll look different for every person, but it, it's up to you to kind of go, this is still something that I want to put energy into and invest in, or this isn't. And if this is something that I want, but my partner isn't willing to, we, there's no way to create that safety and that secure attachment. Let's say you try it, like me. And like me, you've loved it. Would you ever go back? Would that even be so bad? The thing to know about all of this is that while some people do feel non-monogamy in their bones, it is still a practice. It's a thing you do with other people, and it's a thing you can also choose not to do for a while. It's something that I haven't been doing during the pandemic. My partner and I have gone kind of monogamish, which feels weird after everything I went through to actually have multiple relationships and stand my ground when it came to polyamory but the break has also been amazing and it's been really nice to focus on each other and I'm not alone in feeling that way. Hookup listener Danny has long been into polyamory, had multiple relationships for a while and even spoke about it on panels and on this show but in their most recent relationship they've wanted to just focus on one relationship. They were wondering, though, if that means sacrificing a piece of your identity because they were feeling a bit of stigma about going back. I learnt about ethical non-monogamy when I was at uni and I was pretty excited about it and really keen to try it. Um, so the next partner I did have, I suggested it. We like weren't quite sure at the start, but very soon found out that it totally was for us and loved it. There's not just one way to be polyamorous. Um, there's several ways and we've tried a few different ways, um, ranging from, you know, doing things together more or doing things separately, um, having different boundaries. And yeah, I think by the end of our like six and a half year relationship, uh, we were pretty, pretty open and had to push ourselves in a variety of ways. Uh, that said, it also is pretty stressful, I find. Um, the pure fact of adding in more humans to your life, more relationships and dynamics and things to negotiate, yeah, I'd say a key word, it can be pretty stressful. So I hit a point in my life and my health where I really wanted to de-stress and had some really, yeah, like big health priorities. And nonetheless, coronavirus and pandemic on top of it and made the decision to not be um, actively polyamorous, uh, which was quite a big identity shift for me. It was hard at first because I took so much pride in it. I used to, you know, even talk about it publicly and give people advice about it. And yeah, then 
after that initial adjustment, I found myself really happy in the unexpected joys of just dating one person um, that I'd kind of either forgotten about or not experienced. Um, For example, just, yeah, simplicity, um, focus, way more time for myself. I almost feel like I'm dating myself and have one intimate partner. Do you see yourself embracing it again in the future sometime? I definitely am open to it. Um, If this experience has taught me something, it's that you never know how you're going to feel in the future. Right now, I can't really imagine it. I'm just so happy in my current choices, but it's so awesome to have learned about it and apply those tools to my current situation. And I definitely think it's awesome if, it, if it's what's right for someone and that someone could be me in the future. Obviously, um, monogamy is still very much the, the normative um, mode for relationships, even though E&M is becoming so much more, I think, popular and accepted and so many more people are trying it. But do you think like even if you think you're just, you are just monogamous, that dabbling in E&M or at least learning some of those relationship skills that it gives you is worth a try no matter sort of where you feel like you lie on the spectrum? Oh, I love that question. Um, Yeah, I still truly believe and I'm frustrated with monogamy being the default and something that's expected of us and the only meaningful option it seems that we're taught, or at least for me when I was growing up. So I so value that I've um, learned about polyamory and ethical non-monogamy and practiced it. And yeah, I do recommend it. I do recommend being able to shift what the default is and figure out for yourself what you would like. And that way you can go into relationships, hopefully letting people know and finding out that middle ground. Jenna says, even if you find non-monogamy isn't for you, There are still so many things to learn about yourself and relationships that can enrich your one monogamous partnership. I think that um, exploring polyamory, if that leads you back to monogamy and more conscious monogamy, that's great. Like relationships can look like whatever you want. Chosen family can look like whatever you want. It's just important that you love and that you be able to love how it feels natural for you. Take it from me. There's a lot to be learned by giving E&M a try. And I hope you do swipe right when it comes up even if it's just to learn something new about love, sex, and yourself. You can keep learning about all things love, sex, and relationships with me right here on The Hookup. And if you're interested in more polyamory stories, check out my chat with filmmaker Jan Oliver-Lux. We spoke about his own experiences, opening up his relationship, documented in his film There's No Iron Threesome. And you can find that in your podcast feed. If there's anything else you want me to explore, a burning question you want answered, or a sticky relationship drama you need help with, you can get in touch via Instagram at Triple J The Hookup. Stay safe, stay sexy. Catch you next time.